Thank you for joining The Bevel Talk, Season 8, Episode 2, a deeper dive into oil and gas pipeline and welding industry. Today, we're talking with Mustafa Hanafi, Business Development Manager for Construction and Fabrication with ITW Welding's Middle East and Caspian Sea Team. Let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome back to Bevel Talk. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we have Mustafa Hanafi here, who is a business development manager for the Middle East for ITW Welding Products. Mustafa, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Good. So I kind of want to pick up where we we dropped off. We were talking about some automatic ultrasonic testing, um, bug and band systems. So help our listeners understand you know, what's what are the trends in light weighting or or plastic pipe that's going on in the Middle East? Right. So, <clears throat> onshore pipeline uh, in the Middle East has been relying on uh, carbon steel majority of time, and um, we're talking about X sixty, X seventy, X sixty five, and maximum grade uh, being used here is X seventy, and the main reason behind it is that most of the fluid is sour so it has a lot a big sulfur content which and uh, one of the 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 requirements for nace is not to exceed the x70 grade um so um most of the um, contractors prefer to uh, keep using uh, the up to x70 pipes because that's what they know and that what is being accepted by most of the clients and uh, it meets the NACE requirement for the sour service. So once it comes to carbon steel, the maximum the maximum X you can see in the Middle East will be the X70. What is it about the X80 um, or the X above X70 that, that sour gas is such a problem with? Um, I have no exact answer on this. Uh, I just know that this is by the spec. It's not allowed, but I can guess that it has something to do with the strength uh, level and uh, corrosion. So um, it it could be related to corrosion susceptibility uh, to cracking or something like that. But I'm I'm not sure about that, Danny. Okay, well, it's just that's something that I've I've heard a little bit about, but I haven't known a lot about, but. I, I think you're probably on the right right pro- pass there, or right thought process there. Um, so, what are the typical welding processes used um, on a spread, or as you're putting a pipeline in the ground? Right. So, um, of course, the the typical stick electrode could be seventy ten, eighty ten type of electrode, and um, that's for manual welding. But back then, between two thousand and two thousand and five, the Middle East saw the introduction of mechanized flux cord bug and band uh, system um, from different manufacturers. And in this system, the root pass welding is usually done uh, using a semi-auto handheld controlled short arc process like RMD from Miller or STT from Lincoln. And then uh, the bug and band uh, welding happens from filling and till capping passes. So uh, the bug is remote control bug running on a band, um, which is also known as ring here, and it's connected to a MIG power source and welds uh, 71T1 gas shielded flux core wire uh, on a standard V-bevel. 
And the standard V-bevel here, I mean 60 to 70 degree included angle with two to three millimeters of fruit gap. And they call it standard because that's the standard that comes from the pipe mill. And, and then the, the bug here is mainly controlled by a full function remote control with all parameters needed, such as volt and travel speed, oscillation speed, oscillation width, etc., etc. Everything is in the remote control and everything is controlled by the welder or operator, if you call him. And this procedure had its own benefits like doubling the productivity if compared with a pure stack average welder but it also had its own challenges like uh, not being able to prove the return on investment once it comes to small dia pipes on six inches and ten inches is not that applicable um, and this is mainly because the setup time that you need to fix the the band or the ring and then put the, the bug on it and then do some initial setup for the parameters you're going to need and then push start and all this setup time uh, it, it, it makes you lose a lot of time on a small dia, uh, plus the small dia, uh, you cannot really go high on a wire feed speed. Uh, so you cannot justify the, the price of such expensive system on a six inch pipe. So that's why contractors, they always li like to, to use it on a big diameter, long distance pipeline. So what, what size pipe typically starts to see the break-even point on an, an automated or mechanized system? I did the math before, and uh, any pipe which is 24 inch and above, 50 kilometers and more, uh, then um, it, it, the, the return on investment could be justified. Don't walk. Well, every walk to the power source wastes time. Give welders the power to switch between TIG and stick processes at the weld joint with XMT350 Field Pro with Polarity Reversing System. See how at MillerWelds.com slash ArcReach. Right, so we've talked a little bit about the mechanized systems, but what about full automated systems? What, what do you guys have going on over there? The, the mechanized system started, as I said, 2000, 2005 in that range. But then later on, um, the, the region here saw the higher level welding system, which is another bug and band idea, but it's here fully automated instead of being mechanized. And um, fully automated in the sense that it welds on a narrow groove with a four to eight degrees included angle or even less and zero gap root. Um, and this required pipe to be rebeveled first. And uh, the main bef benefit from rebeveling the pipe was to cut down the weld metal needed to be deposited to less than half of the original one. So the original one, 60 to 70 included angle, if takes one kilo one kilogram of a weld metal, a uh, narrow groove could take less than half of that. Um, and then in order to do that, uh, you, you cannot use a flux core welding on a narrow groove. Then MIG welding only comes into the picture. And even MIG welding handheld cannot, cannot really be used in such narrow groove because it's so difficult for the welder. Even mechanized bugs cannot be used in narrow groove. It's difficult for the welder to 
control even the bug through a remote control on an arrow groove. So the solution in the fully automated was to pre-program all the parameters for each and every sector and position around the pipe. And the bug is intelligent with lots of sensors that senses position around the pipe, gets the right parameters for it, and track the gun position in the seam and recenters it left and right automatically without any interference from the welder and even automatic stick out. So the, the torch goes up and down automatically without any uh, adjustment from the welder. So all the welder or the, 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 the operator here has to do is just to press start and stop. That's it. And everything is done through the computer and through the uh, intelligent bug. And this is only to weld on a narrow bevel. Okay, and so with that fully automated system, um, again, where where's the break-even point? What what size and length of pipeline is typical where they'll start using that fully automated system? So if we keep the same 24-inch, like the mechanized, then I would say that you need a longer pipeline, like 100 kilometer, so that you can justify uh, automatic welding because its initial cost is higher than the mechanized. Okay. And and explain for our listeners that aren't familiar with the difference between fully automated and mechanized, um, what, what are the major differences in those systems? So the major de- uh, difference is the mechanized is remote controlled. So everything is in the remote control, and then the bug is not intelligent. It is just mechanized. So it just moves through the remote control action. So you just need to set the speed, set the oscillation width and speed, set the volt and ampere and everything. But the fully, fully automated one is controlled not by a remote control, although there is a, con- a remote control, but it is controlled by a computer. So there is a computer computing unit or a head unit control, they call it. So this control unit has all the welding parameters stored and pre-programmed for this specific pass on the specific pipe and even on a sector basis. Like if you're welding 24 inch and uh, pass number one, then the whole pass is having pre-programmed parameters. So there is nothing in the hand of the welder. The welder just watching the arc doesn't do much. But in the mechanized, he, he watches the arc and he controls the arc. He drives it through the remote control. So talk to me a little bit about the training required for the mechanized versus the automated. Um, what's what's the difference in the operator's um, training and skill levels? So mechanized requires more skills than fully automated uh, because mechanized still you have a full function remote control and you need to train the welder on uh, controlling everything, each and every action and each and every parameter impact uh, that he can do through the remote control. So it takes longer time to train an operator on a mechanized welding versus full automatic welding. The full automatic welding training will be much less in time, much easier, because you're asking the welder or operator to do much less duties. So he will just place the bug on a band and then position the torch and then press a start button 
on his remote control. And just he needs to keep an eye on the torch to make sure that everything is going fine and there is no problem. And then once it reaches to 6 o'clock, he presses stop. And even some intelligent bugs, they stop once they reach 6 o'clock, even without having a stop button. Okay. So is there a different approval or certification process for an operator doing a mechanized versus an automated? So um, if we take it from the manual, the manual welder has to to be qualified um, by doing a joint that that is tested sometime by NDT only and sometime NDT and bending test. And then uh, if you go to the mechanized, then he he will have the same qualification like the manual. So he needs to weld the joint and then test it by NDT and then bending. And if you go to the automatic, then you have to add one more uh, qualification, which is a machine qualification. So the machine itself has to be qualified to do the job because the machine is actually doing much more than the operator is doing. So the, the machine itself has to be qualified and weld a joint using, of course, an operator, and then uh, test the joint. So if the joint passes NDT and and uh, destructive testing, then the machine is qualified as well as the operator of the machine. So what's the adoption uh, for contractors and companies in the Middle East? Is there a high adoption rate for the automated or the fully automatic systems, or is it um, is it slowly gaining traction? So in uh, between 2000 and 2010, uh, the whole Middle East was uh, going towards the mechanized system and uh, adoption was accelerating towards the end of 2010. But then when the full automatic started gaining popularity, uh, starting from 2010, of course, it was there a long time back, but the popularity started in 2010, um, then most of the contractors who had mechanized system shifted to the full automatic because they saw that they can pay a little bit more money and get much more benefit out of it. Um, so those with the mechanized system, they most of, most of them shifted to the full automatic. And now because it's gaining much more popularity, so even the, the ones who were relying mainly on stack, they are shifting to full automatic right now. Okay, that's awesome. Well, Mustafa, thank you for joining with us today. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you.